Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Strapper, Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer along with you. And we're going to talk about digital citizenship today. Uh, we're going to get deep into the topic of being an online citizen and how you go about making sure you're prepared to engage on social media and media and uh, digital platforms. Uh, but first and foremost, want to find out how Brandon is doing. And then Mike, of course. Brandon, how you doing right now? I'm glad that I'm leading off. Yeah. I'm first and I am for- foremost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm doing well. I spent the the last week in Orlando, Florida. Orlando, the big O. Well, uh, I'm not sure all that, um, <laughs> but it was good. We have we have our uh, call center, contact center down there. Uh, it was good times, great people, um, doing good, uh, doing good work. Uh, it was also I I did get the uh, uh, like 35 to 85 to 35 degree weather shift. Oh yeah, so always fun. Always, always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing well. Uh, thanks, Dan. You're welcome. We had our first snow up here, which the kids were very excited about. I was not, but uh, first snow of the year this past weekend. Uh, didn't get the sled, so my kids hate me right now. But Mike, how are you doing? I'm good. I uh, I had a nice brush with uh, with civic responsibility last week. I uh, I was called for jury selection and uh, did not make the cut. I almost got selected. Did you make, did you, were you impaneled? I was impaneled. Yeah. And I, and it was a little bit of wadir. Uh, they were yes. seeing what I said yeah. and apparently they didn't like it. Did you, did you, were you trying to um, get out of jury duty or I, you were trying, you were excited to fulfill your I kinda, jury duty? It's interesting. I was very game theorying it. Uh-huh. So like, like uh, day one, I was thinking, you know, I think it might be my time. I think I'm ready for the show. I was ready yeah. To be selected. Yes. And then overnight I was like, ooh, that means like a week of showing up at the courthouse and dealing with this case that's got some issues. And then I started thinking like, hmm, maybe I don't want to be selected. Mm. And uh, that impacted some of my uh, some of my responses. So uh, I I am interested in uh, developing a course on uh, how to make the most of your jury uh, opportunity. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So we'll talk. We'll talk more about that. I like I, it because I think you got to figure out: Do you want to be selected or not? And I think we could have a simple decision tree about that. Like, are you are you currently employed? No. Do you make less than forty dollars a day? No. You probably want to get selected. Yeah. Because they'll pay you. Right. And it's a benefit. You know, yes. you got something to do. So for me, thankfully, I'm employed. And I was making you a make like thirty eight dollars <laughs> a day, forty five. Yeah, okay. Uh, you just got the bump. Damn, that's yeah, good. I know, I know. So, uh, so I decided, you know, I wouldn't have been able to tape this normally. I uh-huh. would have had to tape this from the Brooklyn County Courthouse from jail. That would have gone over <laughs> well, well. Well, I mean, hopefully, I behaved myself so that that didn't go on. But, uh, but yeah. So that was my my brush with uh, with citizenship. It was uh, I got to hang out with other uh, like woke uh, citizens of Brooklyn. It was a very woke jury. Uh, so, uh, a lot going on there and, uh, I thought it might tie to what we were planning to talk about in terms of our, our show today. Uh, Dan, what do you, what do you think about that? Uh, I, I think it's a great segue. I also appreciate that you didn't put, uh, do you like your coworkers in that decision tree quite yet of whether or not you want to serve on a jury, but uh, maybe for a separate episode. Uh, now, as we talk about digital citizenship, Mike, this is something you brought up. We've talked about it a lot. You know, it's been a, a topic we've sort of interwoven into episodes across uh, this year and across all our 69, now 70 episodes of trending in education. You can find them all on iTunes and on poppy.com. But uh, Mike, what, what about this and what, how would you even define what digital citizenship represents and, and how uh, would you sort of start this conversation off on this podcast to really dig in deep on it? 
Well, I, I think just kind of building on what you're talking about there, Dan, is like, I think it's something we've talked about in a lot of different ways on the show, and we just haven't necessarily talked about it as did a digital citizenship. So I think now that we've done a little more digging and seen that there are a few different uh, websites that we can talk about and places where people can learn more about uh, what digital citizenship is and how they can develop some lesson planning uh, for it. Uh, that's really the way I would uh, understand digital citizenship. It's like a, a movement among educators to help uh, help folks equip themselves with the right tools to uh, teach K-12 students in particular, although I think it applies to everyone, uh, on what it takes to be uh, a good digital citizen in the 21st century. And uh, there's a bunch of uh, constructs and frameworks that I think we can uh, dig into a little bit. But, uh, you know, we've talked about you know, discerning between real news and fake news. And we've talked about digital readiness and, uh, you know, uh, mobile, uh, mobile phones in the classroom, like all those topics, I think, uh, thematically fit under digital citizenship. Uh, so I thought there was, uh, was plenty of plenty of uh, directions that we could take. And uh, yeah, I'm curious what you guys think. Yeah, and just just give me it um, broad before we go into any of the, the specifics. In theory, education, one of its uh, fundamental goals is to educate the citizenship, the citizenry of the, you know, speaking about in the United States, of the United States. And mm -hmm. so, you know, that's what uh, education was trying to do in the 50s and 60s and 70s and so on. And uh, that, I think that core mission hasn't changed. It's just that there are needs that exist in a digital world that didn't exist. And uh, just assuming that um, people will catch on, you know, that they'll just figure out the right social norms and appropriate use of um, you know, technology, et cetera, is, is probably not enough. I think, that, I think that's what we're finding, or, or that's certainly probably the hypothesis of a number of these, uh, these groups that are engaged in this area. So I, I think it, it doesn't, you know, in a way, it feels different um, but actually, I think it's just an extension of what one of the core goals of, of education is uh, and has been. It makes so much sense to me. And I think it ties into, as Mike said, so many things we've talked about in the periphery or, or directly involved with digital citizenship across this podcast, list out a ton of our topics that have all cross-sectioned and, and checked off boxes of how to learn and how to be uh, part of this digital world we are now living in. Um, Mike, for you, um, what what's the, the catalyst here? Um, what are one of these first lanes you want to go down to discuss, uh, whether it's how to learn to be a digital citizen or how we are teaching to be a digital citizen? What what do you think is at the forefront of this discussion? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know if there's one area that's more central than uh, than another. Uh, I do think um, there are uh, one of these had a like three constructs, right? Which I thought was uh, was kind of interesting. I thought the Good Play Project was um, was one. Maybe that wasn't the one you were talking about, but uh, that that one had um, the five ethical fault lines. Oh, let's do that because this is uh, this is from. Uh, Someone I knew, right? Is this Howard Gardner? Uh, I forget exactly where this came from. I remember doing a little Do you know Howard Gardner? Howard Gardner is like the multiple intelligences guy. No, I know, but it's just funny like, <laughs> the way that you introed that. Yeah, you know, this is like from someone I know. My next door uh, neighbor. Uh, 
aware of. Yeah, Mac- MacArthur Foundation, not uh, you know yeah, MacArthur. Exactly. I was like name dropping. Yeah, yeah. It's from Harvard, right? Is uh, the Good Play Project and their digital uh, contours of young people's digital lives. I may have been reading directly there, but yes, that does seem to be uh, the 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 source of that information, Mike. Yes. Just put it in the glossary, Dan. I think. Well, I uh, just point point to the glossary. Everyone will find all of the answers to all of your questions. Done and I, done. This one I liked, and, and maybe I'll because I'm I like reading lists. Do uh, it. That's, that's like my thing on yeah, the show. Yeah. Um. But uh, I'll intro it, and then and then we can talk about these. So, uh, and just some background. So this is um the Good Project. This is the Good Play Project specifically, uh, and um, it's focused on here. I am reading the ways young people think about the, about and manage moral and ethical issues as they interact with new media, including online social networks, blogs, games, and content sharing sites. So they got, they got funding from the MacArthur Foundation. Um, and the, the research has been focused on, as I mentioned before, these five ethical fault lines that are, you know, they believe to be, this is their word, salient uh, in new media environments. So the, the five are, ready for it? Yeah, let's do it. Identity, mm-hmm. credibility, privacy. This next one's going to sound like two, but it's just one. Ownership and authorship mm-hmm. and participation. Participation is sort of how they c- conduct themselves, their, their conduct in these forums. Sure. So those are the, those are the five lines and they're, they're, um, you know, they're doing studies with, uh, with teens and younger learners and uh, young adults um, uh, about the sort of world they encounter and how it impacts along those five lines. What do we think about the, the five areas they've identified? Does this sound, does this sound right? Can you give them to me one more time? <laughs> I, if I give them to you one more time, I have to give it to everybody. But yes, identity. Yes. Credibility. Sure. Privacy. Of course. Ownership and authorship. Yes. Participation. Okay. I yeah. like them all. You I, do. Th- I think I think they're good. What jumps uh, out of you? Well, uh, I think about data privacy a lot. And uh, and I guess uh, was security one of them as well? No. Okay, because I, I think in another one there's overlapping frameworks here. Yeah. So one of them was also talking about the 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 idea that there are uh, places where your data may be at risk or your digital self may be at risk through bad actors who are out there. Um, so I think the the more um, cautionary aspects of the curriculum I think are the ones that uh, I think are important. Uh, it also reminds me a little bit of. Uh, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where some of you know Maslow, and <laughs> go way back uh, peak experiences, like like nobody's business. But um, but I do think there is something to be said for like meeting the safety and risk needs first uh, to make sure that folks can engage safely on the internet, and then once and through social media and some of these other digital tools, once they have those base level uh, security needs, they know they're in a safe place then I think it opens up a lot of opportunity to engage and participate in the right ways. But, um, but I do think that it's important to, uh, to get uh, learners to engage with technology in a safe way. And in particular for minors and for um, let's say K through three or pre-K through like say third, well, I'm kind of being rough on fourth graders. <laughs> You're on your own. Yeah. Once it's fourth grade, figure You're it out, out junior. But uh, but I but I do think it's important to uh, to make sure they're protected and they're kind of introduced uh, to new media in uh, in a protected way. Interestingly, it did uh, you know in the news, Facebook for Kids is launching 
uh, which, uh, which I did see recently, which is sort of another um, thing that I think opens up questions about both data privacy and safety, you know, so like how much do we want to open up what may or may not be working for adults to kids and then how, how young can they go? So um, I thought that's almost the found, maybe you start there and then you make sure that things are safe. People, uh, people are protected in whatever ways they need to be kids in particular. Uh, and then you build from there and then you figure out how do they engage in the right type of discourse? How do they learn uh, their legal rights and their, uh, their authorship rights and all those other kinds of things. But I, I think as educators and as adults, it's our job to kind of build the guardrails around uh, children's experiences of the internet so that they're kind of scaffolded into being a digital citizen in the right way. Um, although the reality is part of what's involved in digital citizenship is navigating things that may be unsafe. So it's, it's tricky where you almost have to gradually expose po folks to more and more potential risk, but make sure that they're trained to sort of manage that risk and avoid it uh, from an early age. So I thought that was probably the most foundational part for me. Yeah. I, I had two thoughts. Um, one along those lines that it's, um, you know, if, if it's just a real antiseptic um, uh, approach to the digital environment that students find themselves in, I don't think that's going to work. I think that that's not that's not true to the to the experience of you know a tween or a teen or even younger, uh, frankly. Um, and you know, sort of pretending away the dangers that exist out there, I think is is insufficient. So I, it is tricky because you know it's. Um, uh, I mean, I think there's a, there's sort of a sex ed analog, right? Like in health class in sixth grade, you know, I, I don't know if they still do that. Um, I, it's been a long time since I've been sixth grader, but like, it's one of these things where you, there's, um, different, uh, family values, different cultural values that are also intermingled here where it's not like you have a, a homogeneous population where you can just, you know, treat every, everything the same way or without, without the sort of complexity that comes along with this. Because, you know, when do you start to talk about um, predators on the internet and what they could, you know, what the risks there are, you know, is that third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, eighth grade, like when, when is it and using what examples and how does that, you know, how do you get into that? I, I think that that part is right and, uh, and tricky. The other one that for, for me of these five uh, ethical fault lines is it feels like participation maybe is too broad you know like there's there's the there's the awareness piece and then there's the the training there around things that they have agency around mm -hmm. and I, I suppose that agency is sort of distributed around like ownership and authorship if you didn't create it you shouldn't use it in certain ways mm -hmm. there's speaking to agency but participation really feels like that's the part where um it's particularly hard you know i think where you got, you're talking about a population that it, it's, it's hard. It's gotta be like hard to be an 11 year old or a 12 year old or a 13 year old in 2017. Mm -hmm. It was hard in the, in the late eighties, early nineties. Right. Um, like fitting the baseball cards between the spokes of our, <laughs> yeah, our tires yeah. was challenging. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. In the, in the fifties uh -huh. uh, when I was doing that. Yeah. yeah you and the beaver. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, um, I mean, it's just hard because this is, and I'm not an expert in, in, you know, sort of childhood development, et cetera, but, this has got to be, it's a hard time, you know, sort of like hormonally, biochemically, just your, your, everything is changing in your world. You're becoming an adult 
And now you have to like take this weird swirl of who you are as a person and then express that online. Like that's another degree of difficulty. Um, I I think that maybe that dimension, that ethical fault line could use a little bit more plumbing, a little more exploration for, for me. Yeah, I would agree. I also feel like it's an interesting space where, uh, Adults, you know, grown people don't really know how to navigate their digital identity Mm -hmm. and how their digital identity relates to their their personal identity. Not me, of course, but people I know sometimes are struggling with that as as grown people. And you're uh, mostly posting about Chinese education (laughs) and the Mets. Like those, like I think that you like that's pretty. That's pretty. That's that's my that's my wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's a good place to be. Uh, (laughs) But uh, but it does feel like you know that. comes on the heels of developing a sense of who I am independent of social media and independent of, uh, you know, the, the new digital world that's emerged in the last, say, like 20 years. So, like, I was able to kind of formulate, uh, for good or bad, I mean, I was still dealing with media. I watched probably more television than I should have growing up. But uh, but should. You know, we got to get rid of that word yeah, should. It's right. all judge. It's very judgy. But, uh, but it does... Uh, you know, mass media was emerging. Uh, you know, I had computers as I was starting to grow up, but like the level to which we saw this revolution happen versus being raised on the other side of it. And uh, I think that opens up a lot of uh, risk points where, um, you know, and even the developmental appropriateness of different aspects of the internet and aspects of social media, I don't think it's fully understood yet, which is why uh, when Facebook launches, you know, Facebook for kids, it's kind of like, get your act together for adults first, before you start like launching something for kids. And it's all going to be like, oh, you know, you know, we're trying to help the the future generation. It's like, yeah, sure you are. You're also you're also addressing some 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 business challenges about adoption of your platform. By, by new and emerging generations. So um, it's, uh, it's a very interesting time to be alive. <laughs> and it's also a time when like teaching digital citizenship when, uh, you know, even uh, our, our president, uh, the, way, the way he's using social media and the way he understands his digital identity um, is probably not something we wanna teach our kids to model themselves after. And uh, I think that's all the world that we're living in. You know, we did shows on fake news. Um, you know, honestly, like I do think these problems don't only apply to K twelve. I think sure. it applies to all of us. But um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just a it's a challenging time to be a digital human, and uh, that's why I think in some ways this is a call to action for our listeners and ourselves to think through how do we how do we design. Uh, safe places and how do we allow for more mature conversations and granted this conversation isn't always mature uh <laughs> speak for yourself but it's, homie. it's typically pretty mature yeah you know and it's digital right for sure so uh so what else what else can we be doing in in this space i think brandon made i both are, have made great points and i think this is a discussion that probably could last a couple of hours honestly are, uh, are you uh are you scoring this dan oh I, yeah every single one it's like around the horn i just keep them <laughs> private it's in okay. the glossary actually all okay. the scores oh, are, so are the glossary 
Nicholas. Okay. Okay. Nicholas. Um, I, I think Brandon's point about when do you broach certain topics is just a, a great one about how we educate on the sort of social side of things. How do we make the complete person as they leave school or leave college um, and understanding that different homes will have di- different values around those things. I, we're still learning. I, I think this is going to be one that we we burn some pancakes. You know, we, we, we crack some eggs where it's not really appropriate to to do and we learn and we hopefully get better at it and and teach at age appropriate levels. Uh, I struggle with it at home uh, with my seven year old and her seeing, Oh, I posted a picture to Facebook. Why did you, why, you know, why did you post a picture of our family to Facebook? Why'd you share that? And just trying to explain what, what, why I do things online. Um, Mike, I think you make a great point about trolls too. You didn't say expressly trolls, but people who don't act appropriate appropriately online um, shows that people don't know how to go about it. I don't know if you guys saw recently uh, over the weekend uh, the the story of uh, Keaton, uh, what's it, Keaton Jones. Uh, share his mother shared a video of him complaining about being bullied in school and basically expressing what many I, I was bullied as a kid. Uh, many have felt they don't understand why it happens. Um, and he has seen an outpouring of public sentiment and, and celebrities and athletes coming to his aid digitally saying, Hey, come out to our games. We're going to support you. Chris Evans invited him to the Avengers uh, premiere in the spring. Great stuff. Uh, but I think it does point out that bullying has always been around. It happens in the classroom, but now it, it becomes a scope and a, a scale online uh, that these digital citizenship courses that we're talking about or teachings uh, really need to express to kids, as Brandon was saying, that um, they're sort of learning it on the fly and they're having to express themselves online. How do you how do you handle it? One in person, two from an anonymous source, and three um, where it's public domain, where it's for anybody to digest and anyone to uh, experience. So it's no longer that kids in your your English class know your silly nickname that somebody gave you. It's millions of people potentially could. So it's, it's such a big topic and one that I think you guys have done a great job uh, breaking down thus far. Uh, Brandon, as as we talk about it, um, how do you how do you tackle education with digital citizenship? Is it diving in and teaching them at a young age? Is it, you know, trying to be smart and fast and light, but also understanding the scope? What, what do you what would you suggest if you were breaking down a, a course or, or a, an attack of educating someone on being a good digital citizen? Yeah, I think you got three choices. You're, you are either not teaching it at all and just hoping students will, you know, young learners will just pick it up sort of on their own. You are teaching it directly in, um, you know, some sort of courseware, coursework that is designed specifically around it. Or third, you're, and this doesn't have to be uh, an instead of, but it could be an and or with the second, you're sort of um, sprinkling it into all of the education that you do. So that in your history class, you're talking about how to learn, learn, look out for fake news. And in your, you know, in your science class, you're questioning the sources. And in your, I guess it's a version of the same thing I just said. And in your English class, you're thinking about, um, you know, sort of use of language online. Um, I kind of think it's probably a version of the second and the third. I think it is, I don't think that not teaching it is the right way. I, and, I, you know, we, we have, this is the thing that's happening in real time. Like we haven't known, you know, first of all, there, there are new social channels that, that have come online, like that are coming online in real time. So it's sort of hard to, to develop a curriculum around something that you don't know that exists. I hear and, the kids use Snapchat. I don't know. Right. You know, like Snapchat didn't, it was going to be hard to teach 
kids about safe ways to use Snapchat before Snapchat existed, right? Right, um, right, right. And that often that really existed in part to circumvent the ways that we were trying to get our kids to safely use <laughs> other. Yep. So it, you know, it's you have to be light, you have to be nimble. I think that's right. And I think I think it actually is an, uh, a subject like I think SEL, uh, social emotional learning, Absolutely. similarly, is something that probably warrants its own dedicated time in yes. in in the class. That being said, I think that making this a a topic that all of your teachers are comfortable discussing and are you know are facile with, um, I think is is really I think that's really important. And so if it's just you know the the teacher who taught my health class was Mr. Conrad. He was like the gym teacher and. <laughs> And, you know, his like wore, wore his whistle and his uh, gym shorts. To I was going to say the sweatpants fly. and the gym shorts. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweatpants and gym shorts. I think he needs a top in that. Uh, yeah. In, well, in that you image. understood the sure. implication. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like if it's just Mr. Conrad teaching you digital citizenship, like I think that's probably too peripheral to the core of your teaching. Sure. But if the teacher then and basically we've talked about this before, every student, every kid, every adult has a teacher or teachers who really connected with them, if all of those teachers were conversational in this and understood the, there aren't perfect answers, but you should be thoughtful about how you engage, I think that will make it more likely to stick and resonate. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at least I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, as, as I've said on this pod a number of times, I have a three-year-old. My hope is that by the time she's five and six and eight and 12, that some of this has gotten figured out because um, I think it's hard. I think it's really hard. So yeah. I, I think we got to do something. And again, I, I would say both direct and indirect is is the approach I'd recommend. Mike, how about yourself? I, Brent, I think great points uh, about SEL being a similar pathway here of, of it needs to be in each classroom and every subject, but also have its own time to be discussed. I think digital citizenship makes uh, a great sense in the same setting. Uh, Mike, how, how do you propose or, or how do you see a, a near term way forward uh, for moving the education of individuals? Uh, both adult learners and students uh, towards digital citizenship. What do you see as the some easy wins, perhaps, uh, towards getting people up and running on what they should and should not be doing online? Well, I mean, I, I think there's already a good movement happening. If you look at what you know, CommonSense.org is doing and what the the Good Project is doing, like it was, uh, it was uh, uh, hopeful. Uh, for me, when I started to do a little bit of light research on this, realizing that a lot of people were spending uh, a lot of time uh, going into tremendous depth uh, on this. So I think the first thing to realize is like, you're not alone. Other people are struggling with these topics. And uh, uh, I think in terms of next steps, like one of the keys, I think, would be uh, creating fora for people to talk to others who are struggling with these things, whether it's educators or adults or even kids, you know, how do you design safe places to have constructive conversations, uh, particularly around the harder parts of a lot of these conversations? I find that um, a lot of the conversations get sort of uh, anesthetized and uh, made safe. And uh, I think I understand why. uh, But at the same time, we have to be able to go after the harder parts of the conversation, not just the easy ones. Uh, And like I said, I think it might begin 
with adults because I feel like we have to define what's safe and okay. Adults are the future. <laughs> I, that- I believe adults are the future. Yeah. 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 So yeah. by the way, I, I I broke the seal now. I'm now singing. You're I'm singing. Like, I'm like the new Mike Palmer. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. And the new Mike Palmer is the better version. <laughs> I think so. That's the yeah, name yeah. of my alt rock band, actually. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't be fooled by uh, by imitations. But um, but yeah, I mean, I. I, I do think it's it's kind of on us. And, uh, you know, I've talked about it. Uh, I think another orientation that we have that is a little bit unique is looking at life, lifelong learners uh, and even uh, digital citizenship for seniors, for example, which is a completely different set of problems. And uh, I think it's going to come down to just like good instructional design, like get the learning objectives understood. A lot of these frameworks kind of overlap. Um, and then I think the the hard part that the adults probably need to spend more time talking about is what Brandon was describing. Like, yep. how do you, how do you integrate this into an already packed uh, course load where you're trying to prepare kids for whatever sort of uh, standards you need to meet, whatever tests you need, whatever class classroom management you need to already do. Now there's an entirely new cut. And how do you build the time in to have those types of conversations um, how do you bring parents and sort of the community into the conversation? Um, I think it's more the beginning of things than sort of some culmination. I think we're um, we're aware of it. We're thinking about it. Uh, we're pointing our attention in the right direction. And then uh, hopefully we can engage a little more in the conversation moving forward because it did seem right in line with uh, sort of the direction we've taken uh, on the show uh, in the last year and a half or so. It does feel a large part of the conversation we've been having. Uh, I think the senior aspect here is a great one. Last episode, we talked about lifelong learners and gifts for the holidays. And I think we got to a really good place at the end about talking about engagement with uh, the elderly senior citizens and and their digital uh, makeup. But Mike, I think you also, from their perspective of what they can add, you know, what, what that part of digital citizenship means. What can you add to the ecosystem? What can you be a part of and how can you uh, make it a better place by adding it? I think that's a great aspect for them as well of maybe they don't want to engage with mobile media or they don't want to engage with social media, but being convinced that you can make it a better place and maybe that's a little hokey uh, with, with the term, but uh, is, a, uh, I think, an interesting aspect here as well of convincing people that being online and adding your life experience, adding who you are to the digital landscape makes it a better place and makes it more uh, appealing to more people. I want to be mindful of time. We are coming up against a little bit uh, of the ending here. But uh, Mike, from your perspective, uh, what other things go into digital citizenship that we haven't talked about yet? Or or what other uh, articles or or, uh, uh, media here uh, that you encountered about digital citizenship do you want to cover off before we close out the podcast? Uh, Just closing thought wise, I I think like thinking about citizenship more broadly as something that is a fundamental like function of education, uh, I think is important. So like, how are we socializing and developing good citizens really throughout their lives, uh, which continues after you graduate high school and college, et cetera, is one theme. Uh, so, uh, you know, fresh off my, my civic, uh, responsibility of jury, jury duty, uh, that, that was certainly top of mind where like, how do you educate people on what, what's involved in being a good, uh, good citizen period. And then, how do we feel about that as a culture? And then how do we think about digital citizenship through that lens is, um, is kind of the way I'm coming at it right now where like, and which does tie to socio-emotional learning. Like how do you teach people to be good partners and good collaborators and good communicators? Uh, and, uh, I think that's not purely digital in nature. I think there's a, there's a nice blend 
of digital citizenship and just, you know, proper socialization and developing good humans. Um, so, uh, so those are kind of my parting thoughts is like, you know, how does citizenship just in general relate? How are we developing, um, people who, who can, you know, be positive contributors to our society? And then how is, uh, how is the digital, uh, a, a critical part of that in the 21st century? It's uh, one of those moments I, I, when talking about social emotional learning, uh, they like to teach how to deal with being bullied, but I also like the, the programs that focus on just not being a bully, not like not you know, having those actions that cause bullying to happen. I think digital citizenship is very uh, closely aligned there. We're teaching how to deal with being online and be a citizen there, but also not doing the negative, not doing those things that can lead to negative outcomes for other people is a large part of the education here. Brandon, how about yourself? Uh, parting thoughts on digital citizenry and, and what we can do moving forward. Yeah, my, my experience as a digital citizen, um, you know, sort of engaging in, social media, it's not like super working right now. So, <laughs> so I feel uh, not my efforts. I mean, I feel like just generally speaking, it's not super working. Yeah, I mean, you're, just just be clear. You're crushing it. Absolutely. I mean, like, like uh, you're like what I what you do. Yes, it's magical. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But, but you mean more broadly, more broadly, like so. So, you know, I, I said like the either you address it or you don't. And if you do, there's a couple ways. But like either you think we've got this and it's totally great. In which case I say, like, let's keep on keeping on. Like, let's not let's not address this. Let's not make this a topic that we grapple with. Um, or you have engaged in any form of social media ever and you realize it's not super awesome. And so I think we, we got to make it better. It's going to be hard. There's no written rules for this. We're, like, figuring things out. Media, media is coming online, like, as we're speaking. Um, we're going to get some things wrong, but I, unless we believe that not trying is likely to get us to a better outcome than trying and being imperfect in our solutions, uh, which I don't personally believe, then we should try. Um, so I, 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 uh, I applaud these efforts that are happening. The ones we talked about, uh, I think this is, these are early days, Mike, as you said, um, and, uh, I'm an optimist. So I, 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 I am hopeful that we're going to, as a people generally want to have, more better experiences and fewer less good experiences so uh I'm, I'm hopeful and that's where we'll leave this episode for now this will be a topic i'm sure we come back to a great deal in 2018 a trend we'll keep an eye on uh, as the year goes on thanks so much for listening to this episode we'll be back next week with the latest edition of trending in education